This is an AMI podcast. Hey, how you doing? It is Tuesday. It is the 7th of March 2023. Coming up today, more of your emails and a demo of Discord using NVDA. Oof. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Mm, yes, uh, Sean Priest here. Ooh, MVD is the best. Ooh, it's the greatest. Ooh, it's the best screen reader ever. Mm, better than anything. Mm. I haven't even said a word yet. Unbelievable. <laughs> not one syllable have I said, and you've already started on me. Hello, <sighs> Stephen Scott. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm calm. This is me calm after oh, yesterday. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, good. For one minute there, I thought you were going to rant on. Oh, no, no. no. Well, I might, actually, because I've got plenty of things in my mind. Why is my computer so rubbish? So I set up this Lenovo laptop with my, you know, with Windows 11. Oh, remember when, when I got, got back? Yeah, yeah, I came yeah, back yeah. and it turned out the RAM wasn't in properly. Unseated. Yes. I might have unseated it when I took the back off. Let's just move on from that. Yep. So, you know, I, I get it back. I install it all and everything's going fine. I plug in my roadcaster and it obviously takes over the audio. But then what happens is that for some reason, the USB doesn't seem to note it. It doesn't recognize it as an audio device. So it works for like five minutes and it just stops. So therefore I get no audio. Brilliant. Absolutely. Well that- done, Windows. No, well no, done. No, no. What are you talking about? What are you blaming Windows for? User error. That's what I say. Why does it work for five minutes? Have you got the USB power saving on some weird setting? What's going no, on? I don't know. Fair enough. Well done. As long as you've done your research. I've done all the research I could be bothered to do, which is I turned the computer off, turned it on, and then I get the same message. So I guess who's calling Be My Eyes Microsoft support later? Oh, that is so good, though. I, I love that. But Windows audio system is a little bit... I mean, it's okay, but you compare it to the Mac. The Mac is so much better when it comes to audio. I love it. It used to be better years ago. I remember when, remember those cards you used to get, the PCIe card. Well, it wasn't PCIe. It was just PCI cards. Yep. And well, ISA cards back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you would plug, the, put them into the computer, and then you'd have that big parallel cable. I don't know if you ever had those, but I remember using them in a radio station once. It had a big parallel cable <laughs> the big that went into the back. paper clips on the edge to keep yes, it in place. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you would, <laughs> what's that about? And then, you know, you had this big, thick cable that you didn't bend because you think it's going to snap everything inside if I do this. And then you would have a breakout box. I think the one I used way back when was an Echo Gina. Echo Gina oh. was the name of the, I think, was it Digigram? It's a shampoo, that isn't it? Okay. It's also Fair a shampoo, right. yes. That's right. right. No, it's not. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, sound card. So yeah, the point is, yeah. <laughs> you, you drifted you me on shampoo me. there. That was a problem. <laughs> um, no, so I was, th- I was just thinking about it because I remember in those days, Windows audio architecture seemed much more solid. It just seemed better. Whereas now, yeah, it does seem to be that it just trips up on anything. Well, I don't know about tripping. It just... Yeah. Yes, USBs it, may be the problem here. I think USB is the bigger issue. You know, I, I, I've often wondered if it's the best way. I mean, I remember using Firewire cards back in the day and also Firewire audio interfaces on the Mac, a old G5 Mac. Yeah. And I had a Firewire interface, and that was much better, much more solid. It just seems that the Mac can handle multiple in, uh, audio inputs yeah. much better. It, you know, and, and flicking between the two different, or how many, multiple streams, it seems to handle it so much better. Whereas with Windows, it, it's just, oh, you need to restart this program now because you've you know moved something or unplugged something. or It just seems a little bit more well, rigid. It's, it's the memory aspect of it, isn't it? It's, it's fine when you're doing, I mean, obviously this is something else maybe i need to download a driver probably i do i vaguely remember reading something about that when i you know but who reads instructions right it's like Uh, whatever who reads manuals but i I remember thinking you know maybe i should you know try and set this up as the main and then i remember we we, because this laptop is on a docking station which is connected to it when i unplug it and then plug it back in again it just forgets it just forgets it was ever connected to it as if well what's this new thing i have no idea and then you just go back to the start again and oftentimes the audio is coming out of the machine not the roadcaster, which is not ideal. Well, get yourself an accessible mixer instead of the roadcaster. How about that? Maybe there's some sort of setting in there. Maybe there's some sort of USB mode that <sighs> buried so in that bored. terrible, terrible, inaccessible menu system on the mixer. Yeah, I'm so bored. Are you listening, Road? Thank you. Is that, is that on your list, is it? Uh, wait, I'm going to add that. Let me just get a, grab a pen. Hang on. Oh, yeah, write it down, because that, yeah. that's so successful with you and I. Yeah, <laughs> write it down so we can never read it again. 
Brilliant. Um, you never guess what I was looking up on Sunday morning on my phone. Oof. Um, okay, this is dangerous. Um, no, I won't guess. What were and, you looking up? And here's up? the weird thing, right? I then find on Twitter, in amongst my other rants on Twitter, I find somebody else has been doing the same search online. I couldn't believe it. I thought, this is amazing. It's like this person and I were meant to be together. Oh, but, you nice. Know, obviously we're not, because, you know. Well, you might be. Ridiculous. I, who knows? But here's Fate. the thing. Call it karma. What? They were looking for, and I was looking for, a new bin. Or, sorry, trash can. A, a garbage. A garbage pail, I believe it's called by <laughs> our... garbage pail. Over the pond brothers and sisters. Um, your garbage pail. You know what? Tinder I'm profile, a- isn't it? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> garbage incredibly pale. It's funny. I broke my bin, my kitchen bin, about... Uh, about 18 months ago. <laughs> Did you break it? Oh, I, I was wiping the side after making a cup of tea, which, you know, I need to do every time because I just slop everything everywhere. Of course. So I was wiping the side, and of course, I just wiped off the tea caddy straight off the side onto the top of the bin, broke the bin, so the bin lid yeah. doesn't... Yeah. yeah. A hundred... Uh, what, $150, that would be. They, they are so expensive, so uh, I haven't bought one. I'm not paying that for a bin. That's ridiculous. No, whoa, anyway, whoa, 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 hang on. So what kind of what kind of features did this bin have that made it worth $150? I was going to say, I'm sure yours is a high-tech bin. This wasn't a smart bin. The only thing it has is, a, you know, you touch the top and it unclicks and the thing springs open, the lid springs open. That's oh, okay. It. It's, it's not smart or anything. It doesn't open when you get near it or, you know, hands-free opening. No, 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 it's not smart, but they're still really expensive. And yeah. because of recycling... You've got to have, like, like, two bins in the kitchen. It's terrible. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, carry no. on. Well, that's the other thing, right? you got that. And, of course, if you buy one of these fancy bins, in order to really get the best out of it, you have to buy their own bin liners, their own, their own trash can liners. You have to buy the bags oh. that go with it, which is even more expensive. Yes. Yep. Now, you yep. know me. Yep. Yep. I, once I start down a bit of a rabbit hole in this kind of stuff, oh, that's, no. that's it. We're off. What have you got? $1,000 bins now, have you? $440 is the price of the bin I've looked at. Oh, it's, hang on. You've looked at You haven't... Oh, not bought it yet. No, no, okay. no. Well, you see, my wife, okay. we want to go on holiday next year. My wife says, no, we're not going. We're not, we're not spending money on bins, trash cans, garbage pails. Yeah, this is going to be tricky. It's we're going tricky, to be- yeah. Let's just, call it, let's just agree it's a bin, okay? Just it's for definitely a our bin. Canadian listeners, I'm talking about something you'd put your trash into in the kitchen. Mm. We call it a rubbish bin. Yeah, because you put you. your rubbish in it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Anyway, okay. so no, this is an impressive bin. Yes, we never clarified the, the English on this. Um, yeah, this is an impressive bin. This one is one of those ones that when you walk up to the bin, the lid opens and then closes. Pretty cool, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, it's voice activated. Oh, no, now I'm interested. Go I on. Knew, I knew it. I now, thought as soon as interested. I say that, he's going to be checking to see if it's on five easy pays. <laughs> this is... On, on his, this is, I, I don't think there's any others that do this. I'm sure there's others out there that do it better or cheaper or, or you know, both or whatever. But this one is by a company called Simple Human, which is you know, obviously why they served up to me as an idea. That's your Tinder profile. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, it's, so it's one of these bins, right? You get it, and then it has the ability you can talk to. You can say to it, open lid. You can say, stay open. You know, so it doesn't just go back down. If you're if maybe needing to put a few things in, it'll stay open for you and close lid. Those are your three commands you have to learn. That's and amazing. I, I was like, what? this is the future, right? So I, I was having a look at the price. I mean, it is ridiculous. £269, 440 Canadian. I mean, it is just ridiculous for a bin. And not only mm. that, you have to buy, well, you don't have to buy, but they recommend you buy the, the liners that go with it. And of course, there's accessories. So there's these little things you can get Excuse that make me. the bin smell nice. Little pods that you put inside the bin. Yeah, that's just a stick-on air freshener. Next. It actually is a stick-on air, exactly. It's, it's got a stick-on panel. Now, wait, now, you see, they're smart about this. It's not a stick-on air freshener. Think about this, right? This is how smart these people are. They, they know that you're gonna if you're going to buy it, they want you to keep spending money, all right? So you've got you to gotta buy the, the liners, okay. Yeah. What about mm. the pot? Well, here's the thing. If you buy the air freshener, you've got the air freshener. Once it's done, that's it. You going to buy another one? Probably not. Or if you had a little holder that holds a pod that releases the scent, 
Then oh, when the pod I see. disappears, you can just buy more pods and you've got your little oh. holder. It's pathetic. It really has is. Has he got a little fan That's... built in to waft the smell as I well? Don't, I don't be... know if it does, but I, you know, I probably will find out when I buy it all. Uh, but I just, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not telling my wife hang that. On, do hang not on, tell hang her. On. Have you got to plug this thing in? No, no, no. It's battery operated. Battery operated with a microphone and self opening. It's got How... three microphones in it. Hmm. I mean, okay. It is honestly. They should just put the echo in it. It would just be just put Lady A in there because it'd be that'd be so cool. Imagine that. What time is it? Open the bin. It would just be oh. hilarious. I hate to say it, but I would love that bin. <laughs> I would love I was thinking that the same bin. thing. I thought, you know, I'm going to tell Sean this, and he's going to at first he's going to go, "Oh, it's the most unenable." And actually, now I come to think of it, I quite like the sound of that. Yeah. Open lid. Yeah. I mean, it would drive my partner absolutely crazy right because yes. you know she would hate that stuff but i would love it ah, you see you say that and then five minutes later when she's using it the key is how effective is it that's the thing you know it's yeah, only i can guarantee as- yeah you say open lid and it'll say you know it'll play i don't know chris dipper or something you know <laughs> it, it, it never understands what you're trying to say but hopefully i mean there's not many commands to it so it does sound cool anyway i, I didn't buy that instead i bought christmas socks so there you go it's not Christmas. It's not the point. It's cold outside. Oh, right. Maybe. And, so, um, <laughs> so socks with pictures of reindeers on it make your feet it's warm, It's actually exactly that, yeah. And it's so funny because someone came to the door this morning dropping off, you know, more socks. Long yes. story. And um, I am uh, I answered the door in the socks. And, you know, the, the delivery driver was, uh, I think, more than impressed, to be honest. He, he <laughs> quizzed me on where these – he actually said to me, the guy the from Amazon – said, where did you get them? And I looked at him as if to say, really? Really? Look behind me. There's about 8 million Amazon boxes sitting there. Where do you think this came from? Yeah, but they're only good for one wear, right? As soon as those go into the wash and they go back in the drawer, yeah, you can't they're wash never going to be a pair again. No, you just don't wash them. Simple as that. Problem solved. Fair enough. Well I don't have smelly feet, so it's all right. Do you have smelly feet? It's a tech show, honestly. Actually, Hello, listeners. Remember yesterday I was talking about texts and how, you know, you send a message and it's all horrible and everything goes wrong and, you know, we shouldn't be yes. nervous yes, about rant. doing that. Yes, your Monday rant. Yes. Did you did you, uh, did you get the message I sent you before we started here? Uh, uh, hurry up, hurry up, I'm waiting. Uh, that one? No, no, I didn't. It said, uh, I said, okay, I am in cleaner feet now. Oh, Oh, yes, I did. But, you know what? I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's like, strangest thing. It didn't thing. matter. Yeah, it was funny. The one I sent you the other day said I'm in uh, clear field. So, you <laughs> I know. I didn't even what, notice. <laughs> what we're trying to say is clean feed. But, clean you know, feed is what we're Yeah, it grabs whatever it wants. But perfect. Well, we were talking about this yesterday with Brian about the, the dictation thing. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm noticing just today as well, just for some reason today, really poor. Really poor dictation. Yeah, uh, funny enough, we were talking about Siri as well, and, uh, with Brian, and Siri today has been just so bad. I've been trying to call my mum. Call mum at home. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And then I said it the first time, it says, yes, you are. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm at home, you thought I said. Yes, I am at home. Yeah, thank you. And then the second time, not in your contacts. Third time, it said something else. It, Google search it gave me. It's like... That has got to be the simplest command, call so-and-so, and if the so-and-so is in your contacts, you know, it's it's so frustrating. I've realised that I have to unplug the HomePods whenever we're doing anything. So I was on with Dave Brown last week. Um, I was on I was on with him yesterday as well, but I was, I was on with him Thursday back. There God bless you, Dave Brown. I miss you. Mr. Dave. And um, we're, we're on the B. TV with Dave. Mr. What? Mr. B. Or they said something else. Um, right, so... I'm not going to ask. <laughs> so, as I'm talking to him, I, whatever I said, I don't know what I said, Oh, but it started playing the most depressing country music <laughs> you could find. And I'm trying to get the mute button to say, would you just shut up? Stop playing depressing music. I'm on live um, TV here. Yeah, exactly. Keep that for after that. That's later. Whiskey, me, some country music, and hopefully a tractor. Um, but yeah. Okay. Wow. Poor well, old you know, Amazon man. Yeah, well, it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, it, it, I have to say, Siri, not behaving very well at the moment. I didn't say that. I was like kidding. Didn't mean that. Because I've now no. said it out loud and everything will start playing. Um, okay, we've got lots of emails to get through today. Also, a demo. A demo. I am looking forward to this one because it's on something that I've heard so much about. And I see so many um, 
so many people saying you can you know talk to us here get in contact with us here or our community is here but i always thought it was inaccessible jacob shamansky now here's the thing right jacob works for ami he's one of the technical producers here at ami now you might think oh yeah you, you just got in touch with one of the guys at ami and said do, do us a demo i've never met jacob yet i hear great things about jacob i mean he clearly thinks great things of us because he sent in a demo hi jacob how you doing I, this is this is the way we now meet people in our in our channel. We just talk to them. Hello, all Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Jacob's a new member of the team. I say that he could have been here for eighteen years, but I think he's a new member of the team. Right. And um, I don't do research, but anyway, yeah. so Jacob he got in touch with us and he said, "Look, you know, I, I'd like to do this demo." So absolutely. And the great thing is, he just sent this in, uh, and it's all about Discord, which, like you say, is a, is a thing which I have. Always been interested in because to yeah. me it's a little bit like Clubhouse ish. It's not. It's more it's more it's live than that, for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been around for the longest time. It was initially. Has it really? I, I thought it was for gamers. Really new. Oh no, it's been around for ages. GameSpeak, hmm. Discord. Um, but yeah, it's become incredibly popular. I know the kids use it all the time, but for some reason, I, I just thought it was inaccessible. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's often the problem. You think, oh, God. And again, I have to say, and I'm trying to wean myself out of this attitude of sometimes it just feels like just another step too far. I really have to go and learn a whole new thing. You know, I saw saw an interview. I think it was for The Daily Show. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't see the whole show, but I saw a clip of one of the, the, the people who are, I don't know who's on that show, but Trevor Noah hosts, I know that much. But one of his team were interviewing Marquez Brownlee, the YouTube uh, guy yeah, who does lots yeah. of demos and stuff. And, you know, Marquez, I think, was intending to do a very serious interview, but it's a daily show, right? So they like to have a bit of fun. And um, the question was asked, why do I need 800 apps? No, I beg your pardon. Why do I need 100 apps to contact eight people? And the point being is that why are there so many applications to get in touch? And it is so true. You've got WhatsApp, you've got Teams, you've got Discord, you've got iMessage, you've got Android. And he went through this whole list of different ones. Yeah, And it's so true. And and actually, it's funny because Mark and I talk about this all the time. It's like just let's stick to iMessage because it's simple. And we've of, we've often said ourselves, let's just stick to iMessage. But WhatsApp, I have to say, is the one that's kind of standing out for me. Is the one for messaging anyway. I know Discord is a different thing. Yeah, it's not really for messaging. I, mean, I think you can message on it. I, this is why I want to get yeah, this demo exactly. I'm not I want sure. to understand more about it. This is this is really good. So Jacob, thankfully, uh, sending in our first demo, which I was not expecting so early on. Uh, but it is part of our push to talk about and promote apps that are good. Talk about the good, the bad of the apps and the accessibility. And the ugly. And the, well, you, you're here for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we want to get to some of the emails that you've been sending in. Lots of you getting in touch. And our first message comes from Chris. This is, of course, following a lot of our conversations we've been having recently around mobility and echolocation. As always, our emails are read by Laura. Hello, gents. Found your interview with one and subsequent discussion interesting and very much struck a chord. Born with RP, gone through the walking into hard objects you could see one day but then no more phase, being registered blind for some 20-odd years, now in my mid-40s. As a long cane user, I do use echolocation to an extent. For example, to find open doorways, alleyways, not that I hang around in alleys, but for example in the old part of central Bristol, I can think of a couple of places I use this to find a way through St Nick's Market area. Oh, I, I tend know. to do this by tapping my cane rather than making clicking noises. It can also be useful in rooms with a hard floor to get a general idea of the size of the place. It sometimes can alert you to something in front of your face too, when the ambient noise changes or appears blocked. However, I can't imagine walking around outside sun's cane and relying purely on some echolocation, but I'm considering getting the mini-guide handheld ultrasonic device from Pamtrad as a useful tool to have. Check it out. Also, I'm so glad you mentioned the anxiety you have when travelling, especially in new places. I really relate to this. Going for a walk by myself using a long cane is not a relaxing experience. The concentration you need, you can never get up to your preferred speed. Mine the scaffolding, A-boards, scooters, bins. Since the pandemic, the whole messaging about go outside for a walk, do more walking. Ah, just shut up already. Often, though, it's not about getting around a location as such, but more about how you're going to get done when you need to get done. The conversations you might have to have, finding someone you can ask for help, explaining where you are whilst waiting for a taxi. Can you get refreshments, access to info, etc.? I rarely go into cafes I don't know on my own, as I'm always conscious I'll walk into tables. 
the sort that are easily knocked and so on. Weirdly, pubs are okay, but they tend to have more substantial furniture and, if carpeted, are much easier to at least get a sense of the layout. That's Hmm. my excuse anyway. All this, as you say, can be quite draining and it's not often you hear about this effect of sight loss. Great show as always. Cheers, Chris Turner. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Have you, uh, I'm guessing, old stomping grounds for you there? Ah, uh, yes. Coming to I left Bristol 30 years ago, but yeah, St. Nick's Market. The Horn and Trumpet, down by the docks there. Beautiful, by the Hippodrome. Anyway. Um, Flying tumbler. <laughs> yes, well, when I walked in there, it's funny you mentioned walking into pubs. I, I stopped doing that when I just knocked a complete table of drinks over. And oh, uh, let's just say they weren't happy, but that was my I'm not using a white cane days. So uh, usual RP here. But, if um, you're going to make an entrance... Oh, absolutely. Said, Ian, Ian yeah. who was on recently, he used to say this to me. He'd say, if you want to make an entrance, make a blind entrance. Do it yes. properly. Take, <laughs> out a, take out a table of drinks. That's the way to do it. Um, it's interesting, that echolocation. You're talking about ambient sounds and things and, and tapping your cane to see sort of the size of something. And yeah, I do that all the time. Um, but again, I think what, what Wan was talking about just seems like an entirely different level to me. I have noticed that since I've lost most of my vision that I've, I have, uh, I want to use the word sensed, like I'm some sort of, you know, superhero. I've sensed <laughs> super and blind. stopped. Yeah. Super. <laughs> I've stopped myself walking in to some of the, you know, cars, vans, parts on the pavement because you do sense them. And that is because they block out either the wind or the air, or it is a change in that sound. So I, I totally get it and I understand it. I just think being able to click and, and, and sort of locate objects on a table or something like that just seems totally amazing to me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I totally get what you're saying there. I think that's the point, though, isn't it? There's, it's kind of like, you know, if we – if well, let's take the – like just following on from what we talked about yesterday. If you take the example of, say, something like Jaws, the screen reader, it's like there are people out there who are suggesting – that you would need to know every single command of JAWS, that you could be tested on it any given second, that you'd know every single thing about it versus just using it and maybe knowing a third of it. And I think that's kind of where I land with something like echolocation, you know, which is like, you know, there's probably bits of echolocation we all use without even thinking about it. It's just yes. something natural because you kind of, you're, you're using sound. That's ultimately yeah, what exactly echolocation what is Chris about. Exactly what Chris said there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's maybe where we kind of find the balance, right? It's like, don't expect people to know everything there is to know about everything. Just expect people to know enough or, you know, even not even expect, but just let's imagine most people have that you know level of experience, which is the same with anything in life. You know, if we talk about how much, you know, in the iPhone, how many features are in all these devices? Now, take the iPhone as a good example. How many times have you and I, over the course of the years of this show, we've had guests on the show who've said something about, oh, well, of course you can do this by doing that. And you go, oh, what, Really? Since yeah, when? exactly. Do that all the time. You're always learning something you didn't know. My phone's know. never out of my hand, and I still there are things yeah. every single day I'm learning about it, and that's the whole point. So, yeah, really interesting email. Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, let's go to Greg in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Greg! Let's see what he's got to say. Hello, I'm, I'm responding to Julian's comments on echolocation. I am far from a super blind person, and I lost vision gradually over time from RP. I never had any blindness training until late middle age when I was able to get O&M, Braille and some basic screen reader training. This was in the days of MS-DOS. To give a rough timeline, I had a wonderful O&M trainer who spent a lot of time teaching me to make better use of my hearing. Blindfolding me and having me retrieve objects he threw, having me walk by large glass windows, brick walls, shrubberies, trees and identify them by the change in background sound I heard. This was so useful and enlightening to me. I've never had any formal echolocation training, but over time I've experimented with it quite a lot and have found it somewhat useful. It's really just using your hearing as fully as you can. Through lots of trial and error, with lots of error, it's one more piece of information which can really be helpful at times. I will never be expert at it. It is very important that people know about it, but it's something that you need to work hard at over time and everyone will have differing outcomes. Like all humans, blind people come in all shapes and sizes, all kinds of differing abilities, and we should never be judging each other on how good we are at being blind. We all have challenges. We all need to have empathy for each other. We all need acceptance and respect. Regarding braille displays and bugs, blind people who use both braille displays and speech should pay more attention to how bugs affect the deafblind community. When a braille display stops working for the deafblind, it's like the blind losing speech and the sighted losing their screen. Yeah. We need to stand together with our deafblind friends and raise voices about braille bugs. 
Many go unaddressed for years. Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. Yep, agree with all of that. Perfect. Absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, absolutely. Blind death gets overlooked so, so many oh, times. God, absolutely. Yes. And actually, it's the like people who talk about transcriptions. You know, transcriptions is one example of how you can make your content as accessible as possible, you know, to everybody, because that can be turned into Braille. It can be turned into, you know, it can even be turned into speech if you wanted it to be for, for speed reading or whatever. You know, you don't have to, you know, it, it just makes it more available to more people. And that's that's one example of it. But yeah, I agree. And I think we, we need to talk more about the Braille bugs. It's something we, we maybe you and I don't do enough because we just don't well, really live we in don't that world. It, right? yeah. yeah, but that's why I gave the shout out that we do need Braille display users to, mm. to, to, you know, get involved, get in contact, honestly, because it's it's not that we don't want to talk about it. It's just that we don't personally experience it. So we can't talk about it, really. And I appreciate the comment you make about, like, just kind of, although that email came in before my rant yesterday, I think Greg put it far more eloquently when he talks about, you know, the fact that you know, we need to have a bit more empathy to people. We shouldn't be playing. I saw someone on Twitter saying we mustn't do the, you know, being blind Olympics game, um, you know, who's best at being blind. We've got to stop that nonsense. You know, that, that's yeah. kind of where I was going with my rant yesterday, but just with more, more anger. <laughs> yes, um, more rants involved. Yes, more rant 100% more rants. Stephen Scott. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and the remarks, I'm slightly worried that we may have gave the, or I may have gave the wrong impression about echolocation. I, I'm not sort of doing it down at all. What I was questioning was the teaching techniques of echolocation and whether everyone could actually use it to that extent that Wan was talking about. I, I don't want it to come no, across I, I, like I think I'm... people are just, people are taking out of this what they want, I think, in this conversation. Yeah. I think some people feel that it's, it's something they couldn't do. Um, some people feel they do some of it already. I think everyone's at a different point with it. Um, and I think that's what, you know, these conversations are great for. You know, they, they've it's stirred up so much emotion here. And I think, you know, again, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not putting this out there and I, never, and I hope no one thinks we're doing anything here to push anyone in any direction at all. Unless buying an iPhone. I mean, obviously that's the most sensible thing to do. But, um, Stop it. But, you know, other than that... Uh, <laughs> When it comes to things like echolocation mobility, I mean, something Greg said there, which I thought was really interesting, he said that his O&M instructor, you know, gave him ideas on hearing and how to use his hearing. And I think it's it's kind of sad in a way that it seems that there are people who get really good O&M instructors who will help and, and give lots of great ideas and advice. And then there's people who get the basic service. And I think most people get the basic service. And that's not to decry anybody in the job, but, you know, there's a there's a process and there's a... You know, there's it's things good and they bad in everything. As, yeah, as but it's, it's a shame in some ways because cliche. this is the problem, right? It's like there's, it's, I don't know. I think I think we've got an email coming up about this, um, but we're going to play in tomorrow because it's quite a long email, and I just want to, you know, go through it a little bit before we we broadcast yeah. it because I think Laura's still reading it. Um, <laughs> it's a great email, but it's, it's a long one. Uh, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, I want to take a short break because we're going to come back. We've got an email from Gary. I want to play in, and we've also got the demo from Jacob. Uh, AMI technical producer, Jacob Shemansky. He's going to be talking all about Discord and using it on the PC with NVDA. Fantastic demo coming up here on Double Tap. Stay right there. Um, or or else, I guess. <laughs> Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Do you know something I've been using quite a bit the past week, Sean Priest, that you will be surprised at me using? It kind of oh. follows up on our chat about Braille. I'll give you a clue. Oh, right. I was going to say brain, but... Uh... Oh, oh well, that starts with the first four uh, letters. Braille. Uh, Hey! Yes, Thank thanks. You. I just I give you the clue of Braille. Yeah, so I, I thought you that was really, really easy. <laughs> you didn't really, you know, didn't need much more to get that. No. Okay. I've been using Hable 1. A little broke keyboard. Have you? Yeah. Okay. And you've had that a while. I have. I, actually, I'll be on it. It's so ridiculous, right? I, so there's a video on YouTube. Sam CV, who's the, the Blind Life guy, Blind Life oh, Sam, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. So he does this video demo. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of instructionals and stuff on online about it. He does this demo, totally, totally wins the internet for me because I'm like, I don't understand how this thing works. It's just he, he's talking, you know, he's, he's talking you through the commands and explaining how it works. 
because it's not that complicated to use, but you kind of just need to understand the, the logic. For example, if you want to go back, or you want to go to home, you have to hold in H, you have to hold in B, the cells that create that those letters. And if you don't do that, then it will work. If you just start tapping B, it's just going to start typing it wherever you are. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's just those little things that would be kind of useful to know. And I, I must admit, I, I don't think the people at Able have done a great job of explaining a lot of the functions of this. They've told you little bits, but a lot of it feels like it's like, go and explore. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not just going to randomly hold down keys. It's, it's, it's tricky, though, that balancing act of, you know, not giving too much and overwhelming and at the same time giving enough where they feel confident to play with the device. It is tricky, but yeah, well, watch that video. Sam is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that'll do yeah. it for you. He was brilliant at that. So, yeah, I've been using it a lot since that and just kind of getting my, my you know, and it's funny, what really hits me is how much I remember of grade one. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. Like I, I just start typing and I'm like, I don't even think about it. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not quite there, but when, whenever I do go back to Braille, usually on the Braille input of the uh, iPhone, it's like you say, you just, oh yeah, I remember. There's always those two or three letters that you can't remember and you got to look up. But um, it's surprising how quickly you do pick it up again. It's funny though, because as much as I can type Braille pretty well and reasonably quickly, uh, I'm not as great at reading it. I think that's that's the bit that I let myself down on. I just can't read it quite so fast. Absolutely, I can't get it. We just, um, it's my daughter's birthday today, actually, and we got her a, a Braille card. For no other reason that we were excited that on Amazon there was a Hallmark pre-Braille. Oh, yeah, I read about those, yeah. Birthday card, so we got one of them. And why we were trying to read it, we had <laughs> no idea. We were there for... Hours and hours trying to read it. No idea. So, Hopi? Hopi? Hop- What's this? Well, that's right. We Hop- were just look. Of course. We, we, we had our... It's going to be happy birthday, exactly, right? Exactly, so yeah. No, what else is going to say? H. That's yeah. definitely an A. And then we were lost. Anyway, she just opened it today. And luckily, it's printed inside as well. Because she can't read Braille. There's nothing wrong with revision. But it's, it hang says... On, you, hang on. You bought a Braille card for someone who doesn't read Braille. Like, well, we were just excited because it was Braille. So we had to get it. You did but, it for yourself. Yes, exactly. Happy birthday. This is for me. And it said, have a great day. That V had a stumped for hours. Ah, so. Okay. Yeah, <sighs> but yeah, Z cool. Z, if you like that, that one always throws me as well. It's because it's yeah. one of those letters you don't use very often. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah, the top end of the alphabet. Yeah, you can you can spend some time <laughs> with. But I know it's funny. I mean, I, I've got I actually found a couple of braille books, and it's so funny. They've obviously been sitting under something, so the braille's got a bit flat, <laughs> flat, um, which is a problem with braille. You know, it's the same yes. with the packaging on on certain things. You know, sometimes you pick up a packet of paracetamol or something and you start reading it and it's funny because i never really and it's funny yesterday talking about spelling i never really understood the how you spelled paracetamol i could never really get it in my head how that word spelled out okay. and um when i got the the braille and i got the the packaging i was reading it and i'm like oh that's how you spell it. that's a lot easier you know in my All head right, it's more good, complicated let me have a stab at it <clears throat> go on then um i'm quickly looking for the funny, packaging to, to see if i can find it I'm trying to picture it in my head. Well, that's, this is exactly it, right? Sometimes you can't picture... No, it's gone. Is it because the word's so long that you, you, you're kind of trying to break it down? That's what I do. I try to break the word down. Para, cita, mol. Yeah. And I'm like, let, well, hang on, what? Yeah, what is it? Cetamol. See, or that's... Cito, uh, or se- I think it's cetamol, yeah. P-A-R-A-C-E-T-M-O... Yeah. C-L? No. Cita. Oh, is there an A or an O between the mole? O-L. Yeah, I don't know. Email us. Let us know. How do you spell? The lady is for. Ask her. She'll tell you. That's the answer to that problem right there. But no, I do love the Hable one. Uh, It's not doing its updates for the moment. I don't know why. I think I may need to reset it. But um, but the great thing is now you've got the Hable app as well, so you can download that and get updates when it takes them. Um, But in fairness, I've not used this for a while, so maybe it's a few updates behind. I may need to hook it up and, and get it properly updated. But yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, a, it's one of those things I remember at the beginning when I tried it, I thought, mm, I don't know if I like the feel of this at all. It felt a bit not great, you know, just, and I thought, <gasps> the way that, well, just... Build quality-wise or positioning, no, build, design? Build quality's quite good, but it's, it's more the, the way that you have to hold the device so the keys are facing outwards. Oh, yes. And you've yeah, got yeah, these yeah. buttons. And yeah. it's like, you know your fingers are on, because the way that it's kind of laid out like a Braille cell. Yeah. So, you know, the six dots are in the Braille cell formula. It's not like a Perkins keyboard. And the problem for me is, I'm you you know in your logically in your mind, your fingers are on the same position they would be if you were on, on a Perkins keyboard, but That's it doesn't right. doesn't make yeah. sense in the position no, they're in. 
it feels like you need to think about it, but honestly, you don't. I actually yeah. think if they had just because the way they've got the, the keys laid out, the way it, it lays out, the braille cell is actually narrower at the bottom. So three and six are are, are closer That's together. Right. Yeah, than, on than, a slant. Yeah, yeah, a diagonal a bit. I, I kind of feel it should be the opposite way around. It should be kind of wider. Yeah, closer at the tops. One because then three. You, could, you could almost get that kind of in your head of the okay. Now I'm on a Perkins. You know? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, I, anyway, do. Maybe I do. I do. Perhaps you've got it upside down. <laughs> Thought Perhaps we I should. Did. I did we should, that. We I should did quickly that. explain what it, what it is. Give a brief description of the Able One. It's a Braille keyboard for an iPhone. There you go. Well done. Thank you. There you go. Well, what more do you want? What else? Nothing. I'm just, I'm just saying we just started talking about Able One like everyone knew what it was. All right. Yeah, sorry. Well, people don't have Google anymore. Well, you don't get Bing. Bing's well, great. This is a tech show, honestly. I mean, oh, yeah. we can't quickly say in one... Lo- right, carry on. It's very good. I mean, it's great. It's, it's basically the thing here is the size of a phone, really. Uh, but see, I would say the size of an iPhone SE... And, you know, what you've got here is you've got your six keys. Like I say, your six keys, one to six dots, one to six. But you've also got these other two keys, which are seven and eight. And those are the ones that help you navigate back and forward. Yeah. I maybe do a little demo myself at some point, but it's very good. Really, really nice. And um, you've got to dig into it a bit more, get it updated and then, yeah. Get it updated, yeah. but also I think just get some more commands in my head, you know, because I think that's the thing. It's often the way, but... You know, I do like, even just so far, even with the base commands, and I do encourage you to, I'm not going to you know, reinvent the wheel here. You know, Sam at Blind Life has done a fantastic demo, so go watch that. Uh, it's well worth checking out. Um, listen, yeah. I'm going to get another email in because Gary Crow got in touch with us, and uh, he's also been commenting on past shows. Laura reads our emails. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Great show. You talk a lot about employment and blind people. Mostly the conversation is about how hard it is for blind people to get jobs and all the counterproductive things employers do or don't do to make getting a job even harder for a blind person. All of this is very true and needs changing. At the same time, many of us are employed or retired from very good jobs. That includes me and also includes the two of you. I have been blind since forever and am retired from being the CEO of a child welfare agency with about 150 employees. My point is that we have done something that many, if not most, blind people have not been able to do. We also know that we are neither unique nor special. There are many of us who have cracked the code. I'm wondering if it might not be useful to put a little less emphasis on how difficult to impossible it is to get a good job if you are blind due to wherever or whomever the accusing finger points, and a little more on how we who are or have been successfully employed broke the code. You might want to consider inviting listeners to send in their personal success demos. Perhaps starting with the three most important things you personally did to succeed in the work world and how each worked out for you would be a good start. My mother told me many times growing up that she did not want to hear about what I could not do because I could not see. She only wanted to hear about what I could do or was going to learn how to do to get what I wanted to get and to be who I wanted to be. Success was non-negotiable. Thanks, Gary Crow. Yes. Superblind is a myth conjured up by some blind person looking for an excuse not to fully commit to getting better and better at whatever skill or ability he or she wants to have, knowing that no matter how good or she gets, someone somewhere will be better. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that one, Gary, but I think it's the, the problem for me is the other way around. It's not that blind people aren't necessarily wanting to do better. It's that I think that you know, some of us feel we're being pushed or, um, what's the right word, but just just essentially being told off, if you like, for not being better. I think that's the problem for me. And it feels like it's, it's a telling off, which I don't really want to hear, to be honest. I think life is challenging enough for most people. And, you know, it's not all blind. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting take on it, though, right? It's, it's almost, we're, we're almost saying we can't achieve something before. It's like my take on echolocation. Before I'm even trying or being taught it, I'm saying I don't think I'll be able to do it. Well, but, but I then I think it goes further than the that su- because the suggestion then is that we are saying someone else is super blind because they can do it and we are somehow resentful of that. And it's not that. Yeah, it's, no, it's I think not- sometimes, and we don't like this word, but sometimes it can be... I use the word aspirational instead of inspirational. Hmm. But uh, there's so many people that I... I that years ago, I did a, a skill step course trying to get into work with a, a blindness organisation. And I met so many people there. When it came to mobility, I, I was blown away by how well they were able to get around, you know, with no vision at all. And um, I, w- I would label them as super blind, as, as a compliment. And 
I, I, it, it helped me. It wasn't I was looking at them and saying I could never be like that. I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to do that? I think it's okay for us to be inspired. I mean, it's not, it's not a dirty world. No, no, no. I, I know, think it's but- become dirty in our world because we feel it's like, you know, because inspiration, it, I mean, I remember once being in, called an inspiration because I bought a bag of chips. I mean, honestly, that, that was by I, me. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was actually, I'd come out of a store, I'd bought a bag of chips and I came out and someone said, wow, you did that on your own. And I honestly wanted to punch the guy in the face. I thought this is just ridiculous, but I couldn't find yeah. him. Um, so <laughs> it didn't happen. But no, I, I, I just, I, I'm like, oh God, you know, and, and this is where inspiration gets problematic. I also sometimes, and I know exactly where, where you're coming from here, Sean, because there's the other side of the coin, which is you do, look, there's no denial here that when you are losing vision, and this is maybe the difference, I think we have to acknowledge in amongst all this, there is a difference between growing up blind, as in no vision at all since birth, to someone losing sight. I think the differences are, are massive. And yes, I don't think I you can really, I don't think you can put the two in the same room. I think that's the mistake sometimes Ooh, organizations make. There's a discussion to be had. But do you know what I mean, though? Because it's like if someone's born blind and has been blind their whole life, they, and they've been brought up with Braille, they've been brought up with you know all the all the tools they need to succeed and have done well as a result of it, then they're they're facing disability and challenges from a different level, very much a societal level, I guess, because they've got all the tools to do the job. It's that they just don't have people believing in them if they if they can't get the job right. Whereas. Someone like you or I, who lose more vision later in life, who, you know, I was capable of doing something very well. And I remember the day it happened when I was, you know, extremely capable of doing something. And then, you know, it felt like four weeks later, I was being treated as if I was useless. Yeah. And that's how yeah. it felt to me. And, and it wasn't just a feeling. I mean, it was, it was obvious. It was happening. You know, people were just mm-hmm. avoiding asking me questions and doing things because they felt, oh, well, we, we won't go to him now because he can't help he us can't anymore. Do it. Yeah, yeah. So you immediately feel less than. And and blind few people, I'm not saying they don't feel that because I guess they probably do as well, but there's a difference. And I think sometimes this is the problem with lumping us all into one group. It doesn't really work sometimes. I think there is a blind culture and a blind life, kind of similar to deaf culture, I suppose, um, that exists. And maybe that's separate to people who are partially sighted. Maybe, maybe we need blind to address that. life, yeah. I don't know. The employment thing, uh, that's that's an interesting take on it as well. Have we been too focused on the negatives rather than the positives of it's people in employment? It's hard not to be at the numbers. I mean, the numbers kind of say that, you know, there's so few of us. I mean, I'm not sure of the numbers in Canada, but 75% yeah. of blind and partially sighted people of working age out of work in the UK. It's a lot of people. It's not impossible. Honestly, I still think a lot of it of course it's not. Has, has to do with... I don't want to say just luck because I know people that's gone to university and uh, 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 gone through higher education and they've done so much and they've earned that right to employment, but still that perception of what they can do is still Mm. there. And I think that's what we talk about a lot, but I I take that on board. Gary, I want to continue this conversation. I really do, but we are short on time today and I want to get our demo in here from Jacob because this is fantastic before we go. Uh, But thank you for that, Gary. We will return to this topic and I'm sure many of you will have plenty to say on it. Keep your feedback coming. We'll give you the details near the end of the show. But now to Jacob and his demo on how to use Discord with NVDA. Hey Stephen, hey Sean, this is Jacob Shemansky calling from Ottawa, Ontario. I'm a technical producer for AMI Audio, but today I'm reaching out as a listener. Uh, I wanted to share a quick demo of Discord, which is a platform I use all the time. More specifically, I want to show you the Windows client for Windows 10. Basically, the way it works is you can either create or join servers Servers are created usually for hobbies. You can imagine like uh, accessible gaming or joining servers for specific games or even hobbies or your favorite sports team or whatever. Within each server, there are text channels and voice channels. The text channels is basically just like you could imagine it being a WhatsApp group chat. And the voice channels, it's like joining a Zoom call minus the video. Now, when it comes to actually using it with a screen reader, I'm using NVDA today. You'll see that the developers of Discord actually put a bit of effort into making it accessible. I haven't seen any unlabeled buttons or anything like that. Now, the only thing is visually, the UI, the user interface is very busy. There are a lot of things to click on. And 
the way it deals with this is by separating the screen landmarks. Let's open up Discord. Start with Discord app. Press Discord updater. Discord updater. Discord clickable. Okay, when you open it up, you're not directly put into a server, so you have to go and open one up. Uh, and it has a handy feature called the quick switcher. Quick switcher dialog. I opened that up using control K and it puts you right into a text box. Basically, it's a search box that lets you search for either servers, users, or even specific text channels or voice channels. Now, I want to go and look at the server for a game I've been playing recently. I'm going to type Crowdfunding Arts Dad, Accessible Crusades Server. Accessible Crusades Server. I'm going to open that up. Learn more link. Button close. There. Server side. Accessible Crusades Server. Navigation landmark clickable accessible crusades. So this is a server for a game called Crusader Kings 3. Somebody is currently working on a mod to make this accessible with screen readers. It's still in the beta stages, but I like to go in here and keep track of the development. Like I was saying earlier, there's a ton of stuff on screen and the best way to navigate around is using landmarks. So I'm using NVDA, so I use the D key on the keyboard. The very first landmark that I fall on is... Accessible Crusades. Server. Navigation landmark. Clickable Accessible Crusades. Now, underneath all of here is all your text channels and all your voice channels, if you want to join them. Channels list with 12 items button. Expanded text channels. Category. Now, here I like to use links to go through the different text channels. So, I use the letter K. General discussion. Text channel. Mod downloads. Text channel. Issues and ideas. Text channel. You get the gist. Now, if I wanted to go and see uh, what's the most recent update. Information and tips. Text updates and announcements. Text channel link. Okay, I hit enter on that. Channel header region search combo box. Now what I do is I use the letter E to go to... Updates and announcements. Channel. Main landmark. You do not have permission to send... The text box, even though I don't have access to actually send messages to this channel, but I'm just here to read. It uses headings to go through the different messages within a text channel clickable agami february 10th 2023 february 10th clickable agami february 10th 2023 527 he sent another message mod version 0. agami is the developer heading mod version 0.98.1 fixed diplomatic alerts being updated the marriage interaction window there now i know that he fixed diplomatic alerts and the marriage interaction window okay so let's uh let's say i want to go and join a voice channel I'm going to go back to that landmark. Channel header, user area region set status button. Accessible Crusades. Here's the top one. Now, with NVDA, you can use the B key to focus on the next button. Lobby, voice channel, zero users button. Now, it's a button to join a voice channel. Say I wanted to go and join this lobby. I just use B to get my screen reader to focus over and then hit enter. Lobby, voice channel, one user link. Now, I'm in the lobby. The next landmark is the user area. User area region voice connected button. Now this next landmark lets you mute yourself, change your settings and whatnot. Channel header region text channel. The next landmark highlights over the text chat. Complimentary landmark members list for updates and announcements. And the last landmark is just a list of all the different users in this server. That's a very basic introduction, but the point is that Discord is accessible it does take a bit of a learning curve because there's a lot to go through, and Discord is a fairly extensive program to start with, but it's super fun for keeping in touch with friends and uh, joining communities, and it's totally accessible for the blind and low vision community. If you know the shortcuts for your screen reader to navigate through landmarks and headings and links and buttons and text boxes, you should be able to get around Discord no problem. That's it for me. I hope it was useful. Oh, very useful. Thank you so much for sending that in, Jacob. That was amazing. And why is it everyone sounds like a TV anchorman over there? <laughs> I mean, it, what an amazing voice. That sounded great. I'm so nasally and weaselly compared to everyone else. Fantastic, Jacob. You know what? I, I, I'm going to try that out. You explained it so well. It's basically just using quick nav keys. And it's it's all about someone just you know giving us a quick overview of the layout there. Once we got that... Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you. And I think that's what we want to do. I mean, again, Jacob, thank you so much for that. But I think that's the point. We can't go into the level of detail that, you know, a, a podcast that's, you know, an educational podcast is going to do. 
Um, I did laugh at one of an, an email we got from Greg, which I'm not going to read out because, you know, Greg sometimes sends in messages that, if I'm honest, Greg, sometimes you let yourself down. But, you know, this one, Oof. you know, he, he was suggesting that, you know, you're, you're definitely, he said, you're definitely not an educational podcast. <laughs> oh, no. I necessarily argue with that. <laughs> yeah, we're not. That's that's the thing, right? First off, it's not a podcast. It's a radio show, right? And And we have to hopefully entertain people along the way. So, you know, we can't go into the level of detail um, that, you know, some other shows out there might do. But I think what we can do is give that overview. And I think that's important. Like, we're going to talk about WhatsApp this week. And um, I want to, you know, do that. I want to just show people around, essentially. Uh, and then, you know, go and go and explore for yourself. But it's like you say, sometimes you just need to understand the, the basic foundation. And I found this when I started turning my screen off. I'd completely, I just couldn't understand because I I came from the visual world, you know? So I was always looking at the screen. And it's funny because with Windows, Windows is the one example for me where the layout is still Windows 98 in my head. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I still don't really understand what's going on on the screen. Still and pretty much is, to be fair. I can see as far as <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the start menu pops up in the middle now. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Um, but that's it. That's the only thing I can really tell that's different. And, you know, I don't really understand what's going on on the screen. It's the one, sadly, it's one operating, one operating system I cannot envisage ever being able to use visually. So, you know, I have to know how it works without that. And that's hopefully what we'll get to. But yeah, really yep. interesting. Thank you for that. Uh, if you want to send in a demo, and it doesn't have to be as as, as professional as that, although Jacob, I mean, he's, he's a technical producer at AMI, right? Yes. He knows his stuff. But, um, you know, I think it would be really good if, if you guys want to record something. Just grab your phone and record, you know, with an app or whatever. And just tell us about what you're using, even hardware. Maybe you've got a piece of kit you want to, to talk about. I got a great email in today. We don't have time to go through it today. But um, an email from Dimash Thomas, who's I believe works alongside Michael Babcock. And um, Damas, Damasi says, um, tell us all about your thoughts on numpads, Bluetooth numpads. Have you found one that you like that works with the Mac or any advice on specifics you've learned? A great oh, question. So, yeah, we'll get to that one tomorrow. And it's Ability Summit coming up as well this week. In fact, it starts tomorrow. I'm looking um, forward to that. I, I've said, said yeah. it like I shouldn't. I, I, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah, the same. I, I, they, they do some uh, It's really interesting stuff lately. I, I, yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, you know, some of it's very political and that's fine. And, you know, some of it's very policy driven and, and that's fine too, because that's all important in, in the process of our existence and, and, you know, our recognition as people on this planet. But I think also there's some great hardware sometimes that comes out of this Sometimes yep. great software announcements. So I'm really intrigued to see what they bring out. We'll go into full detail on that on Thursday's show, though, once we've got all the information. But uh, tomorrow we'll have a look at that and uh, lots more. But uh, for now, that is it. We're out of time. Goodness, we're out of time. We better go. Uh, Sean, thank you. Thank you. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.